10 to 1, episode 119. Movies 2019. Welcome to 10 to 1, a podcast where we make top 10 lists about everything. I'm Brian Kozer. And I'm Melissa Kozer. And tonight, we're doing our yearly tradition of reviewing last year's movies. Yeah, a little later than we normally do it. We took a couple weeks off because we had some family in town for a bit. Yeah. And then we've been sick. But I'm still working through that. But we're finally ready to talk about our movies. You want to give your overall feelings? 2019 the movies we watched yeah so i have recorded that i watched 47 movies last year Mm -hmm. and all things considered i felt it was a pretty good year i had everything in my top 10 list is four and a half stars or higher um and then i had nine more that were four stars so uh, my top 19 were almost all they were all four stars and higher. And that's, in my opinion, that's pretty good uh, for a whole year. To have 20 movies that I was that I was really into mm-hmm. instead of just, yeah, um, that was all right. That was fine. As opposed to, oh, yeah, that was not a waste of my time. Great. <laughs> what a great movie. So, what about you? Um, For me, it was a good year really good year i don't know that there were a lot of movies that i would say are my favorites so uh, we can kind of get into that when we when we talked about it. i'm not seeing a number i thought i could see it from my stats page on letterboxd how many movies i watched last year not seeing that up so i'll have to look that up while we're recording but uh yeah my my impression of the year was a, is a solid year but not an amazing year even though I did have some that were highly rated as well. I think most of mine are rated four and a half star or above. There might be one four star. So, I'd right. say that's a pretty good year if you have ten movies that, I know. Can, that make it really easy to make your list. Yeah, I guess other years we've had it where we had so many good movies that it was hard to narrow down to just ten. Yeah, like 2018, my, my list... 2017 my list i'm just looking at all of them real quick i feel like the top 10 lists like maybe the year overall was as strong as these other years but i think my top 10 lists from these other years uh at least back to 2017 i think we're better anyway we can talk about that as we go let's go ahead and get started with my number 10 unless you had something else preparatory to discuss no i think that's it all right let's jump on in uh my number 10 is a disappointment for you and it just sneaked onto my list a couple ahead of a couple of other movies that I'm sure you like better. But my number ten is Airplane. Oh, Airplane! And it was the best movie I saw last year that has an es- an exclamation mark in the title. So that's something. Uh, it's I don't know. <laughs> there are a lot of jokes that don't work well, but there are some jokes that really had me really had me laughing hard. And uh, overall, I think at the time I gave it a four star, four stars. It's a, it's a comedy classic, mm. not for the kids, but absolutely uh, not for the kids. But uh, very funny, and it's Look, uh, my number ten. I don't, I'm not opposed to some dirty humor if it's actually funny, but this was not funny dirty humor. It was okay? mostly not dirty humor. And when there was a fair bit of dirty humor. You know, like the guy that uh, that goes through the airport, and and uh, so the first time people go through the airport, there's all the uh, the Buddhists and the Jehovah's Witnesses and different religious people trying to pass out pamphlets, and then the second time somebody goes through the airport, the guy just starts uh, attacking all of the all the people trying to give him pamphlets. I don't know stuff like that it was pretty funny. Yeah. Some of the puns. Um, There's nothing highbrow about this movie. There were no. there were no depths to which they would not stoop. That's true. But uh, this was a two and a half star movie. Very funny. Now jokes. it did make me laugh. 
occasionally. Yeah. I think the funniest part was before the plane even takes off the ground, uh, and there's a mechanic sitting on the front, uh, the nose of the plane, and for whatever reason, like he ends up falling off the nose, and it that was uh, yeah. the part that kept cracking me up for the rest of the night. Yeah, there's only one other movie on my list that's a straight-up comedy, uh, or one other entry. So, uh, yeah, so I guess it was one of the funniest. <laughs> one yeah. of the funniest movies I saw last year. My number 10, Airplane. Oh, Airplane. All right. Well, my number 10 is definitely better than that. We're off to a better start with my we'll list. See. It's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Four and a half stars. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot this is the first time you've seen this. Yeah. Yeah. I... So, again, this is our top 10 first time viewings. Yeah, by the way. From 2019. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about our favorites that we rewatched. But I had already seen this movie. First time for you. Go. I made it to 30 years old and I've never seen mm-hmm. anything but like a few little clips here and there. Mm-hmm. And I was really surprised at how enjoyable this is to watch for as an adult. And I think those are the best children's movies, the ones that are fun for kids, but also you really really enjoy them as an adult. I liked how uh, how the art is spot on. It's is Susian through and through, and mm-hmm. like the rhyming, uh, it, it's just as good as the book. Yeah. Yep. It's Loved good. It. It's great. Yeah. Great movie. Glad we could introduce it to me and our girls this mm-hmm. year. My number 10, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. All right. My number nine is a movie that I didn't think was great when I saw it, but improves based on based on a follow-up television show to it, uh, and it's called Fire Walk With Me, or Twin Peaks Fire oh, Walk With Me, wow. and it's... Uh, not a fun movie, for sure. It's a lot. So Twin Peaks, uh, the first couple seasons, there's a lot of dark stuff, but still fun, right? You've got the the quirky characters in the small town in Washington. And, yeah, it's got its fun moments. Yeah. Uh, uh, Firewalk with me is definitely Twin Peaks, but without the... Uh, so I guess Twin Peaks is sort of, it seems like an ideal t- small town, but then you find out that... Uh, most of the people are, a lot of the people are terrible and (laughs) have gotten themselves into trouble and have dark secrets. And so this is, uh, just for the most part, focusing on the, on the character from Twin Peaks, uh, Laura Palmer, who dies, um, in the or she's dead in the opening shot of the TV show Twin Peaks. This is a prequel and kind of shows, uh, just her descent into um, this really hellacious existence that she's in, and it's depressing. Yeah, it's I'm depressing. Glad I didn't watch it. No, you wouldn't like it. Um, and it is depressing, but it is also very. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Like, I'm not going to compare it to like a Schindler's List exactly where it's something that's not pleasant at all to watch but very important historically and important to kind of put yourself into the situation in the time period i'm not going to say it's it's as important as that but it's in the same ballpark of something where um uh, or something like a breaking bad where you're kind of seeing this uh the effects of sin and you're kind of seeing um just how far people can go and people try and cover up and and pretend like everything's okay um and and could get help um but don't so it is a powerful movie i think i gave it four stars at the time more out of respect um that's not something i would watch a lot but it's important to twin peaks the show Uh, the third season of the show is definitely a follow-on and um it's important to i guess david lynch's uh, whole career of of what he he's tried to accomplish as a as a movie maker. So that's Firewalk with me. By a weird way, movie. By the way, are we doing Uh I don't usually, but if you if there are any spoilers you want to talk about. Okay. It's probably fine if you just uh give a warning. Okay. So that's my number 9, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. 
All right, my number nine is a rom-com. It's called When Harry Met Sally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, four and a half stars. I really liked this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like, I really like the message of it, how uh, this couple's love is not built on they met during the movie, well, Yes, they met during the movie, but, you know, mm. they, they met and they had this starry-filled evening, you know, and champagne and mm-hmm. steaks and uh, roses and whatever, and now they're in love. No, it's a love that's built up over many, many years uh, as they, they become friends and they've uh, been there through each other's hard times and... Um, it just, it was a really good story. Uh, and you see them change, each changes the other, uh, I think for the better. Um, and they each come to get an understanding of the other as a person, and in their gender as well. And it's just, it's really terrific. Mm-hmm. And I like, I liked the framing of it too, where uh, you've got throughout the movie, like these old people uh, 90 years old and they've been married for 60 years and or whatever and uh and telling about when they first met or when they knew that this was the one and so forth and then it ends with harry and sally saying and now here's when our wedding date's going to be or whatever and uh it's just a really sweet movie mm-hmm. i recommend it very funny and yes it was uh, very funny Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan are both good, and the supporting characters are good. And uh, yeah, it's uh, like the vignette uh, style of it as well. So, good choice. My number nine, When Harry Met Sally. All right, my number eight is Alfred Hitchcock's Lifeboat. Oh, this was just three and a half. It was fine. Yeah, I think it was Uh. four and a half for me. I really like these... Uh, these sort of bottle episode, that's what you call it in a TV show, type stories where everything's taking place in a in a very small amount of space. In this case, it's uh, a ship has sunk, and I don't remember exactly how many people, maybe about eight people, eight to ten people get onto a lifeboat. And so you've got all these different personalities, and they're going through a really difficult time, and they have to make some hard decisions. And, uh, yeah, it's not one of Alfred Hitchcock's greatest movies. Uh, I'd put uh, maybe three or four ahead of it, but a solid movie. Uh, Definitely feels kind of like a stage play. So I I wonder if this was a play like uh, Rope was, I know, that he adapted into into a movie. I I wouldn't be surprised if this was also a play or became a play afterwards. But I liked it. Nice, simple story. Good good character interactions. Yeah, it's a... It's a good movie, and it's enjoyable. Uh, I don't know. I just, it was just a little over average, though, for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was my number eight, Lifeboat. All right. My number eight Are is... Are you seeing a trend? I have Airplane and Lifeboat on my list, and then oh, yeah. Fire Walk With Me. Wow. It's a lot of transportation themes so, so far. Well, I'm just all over the place with my Grinch-stealing Christmas. Uh-huh. Harry meeting Sally. Yep. And next up is Princess Mononoke, a oh, okay. Japanese one, like one of the greatest films. Or is what's that company that makes it? Studio Ghibli. Yeah, Studio Ghibli. That made Spirited they, Away. Yeah, mm-hmm. some others. Uh, four and a half stars. This was this was a really interesting movie. I liked it better than Spirited Away. Uh, I felt it wasn't quite as weird, although it's still kind of weird. Uh, very weird. Really weird. Absolutely incredible animation. So beautiful. And the music is is beautiful, too. Um, I thought the plot, plot was pretty good, though, uh, in spite of how weird it was. Like, with Spirited Away, that just turned me off. But with Princess Mononoke, the weirdness was engaging, and it made it unpredictable to where you never knew what exactly was going to happen. It's good. You guys should check it out. Yeah, it was good. This one just missed my list. Man. Uh, I, I think I gave it four and a half stars as well. You it is good. Yeah. It's uh, 
I like I like Spirited Away a lot better. Um, but uh, maybe if I rewatched it, um, maybe more understanding the tone and 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 the full story, maybe I would would like it better. You think you know a person? So, who knows? All right. Well, we had Airplane. We had Fire Walk with me. We had Lifeboat, and we continue the theme with The Exorcist. Just kidding. <laughs> not a transportation theme. I uh, have not seen this. Yeah, movie. this is one that I watched. Yeah. Right. Uh, so when I go for a work trip, if there's a movie that I want to watch that Melissa's not interested in watching, it's usually a good opportunity. And so this was one of the two on my list that I watched without Melissa. And uh, I guess not one I would recommend for her. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it is good. Uh, definitely a very, uh, Christian movie, of course, not in the Kirk Cameron sense of, uh, family friendly, uh, uh, cheesy humor kind of uh, movie, but, uh, you know, it takes, it takes the spiritual world very seriously. Uh, there's, you know, there are, uh, demons that are real and they affect this family and uh there's a very there are a couple of very interesting priest characters and the one is um he's seen a lot of really difficult things and he's kind of lost his faith and then uh that's the younger priest and there's an older priest he's the exorcist of the title and is only in the movie for about 10 or 15 minutes but really steals the show he's the kind of uh, priest or pastor that that uh, everybody would want to have you know he's he's old and wise and uh, his faith is is unshaken uh, when he confronts the demon and uh yeah i won't i won't give any spoilers but uh it's definitely definitely hard to watch you know a little girl getting getting possessed and uh but it is a good movie not one you're gonna watch, I guess, but uh, I'm good. But it's my number seven, seventh, seventh best movie or seventh favorite movie that I saw last year, The Exorcist. All right. Well, away from the depths of darkness and demon possession to much brighter, happier things, we're going to a Charlie Chaplin comedy called City Lights. This was again four and a half stars. Really great. Charlie Chaplin, Chaplin is very funny to watch. I I thought that this one was better than the last Chaplin movie that we watched. And I don't remember what that one was. Modern Times. That's right. This one made me laugh a lot more. It's a sweet love story about him falling in love with a blind girl and trying to help her and her mother out. They were dirt poor and trying to pay the bills. And so he gets into all sorts of shenanigans trying to help them out. And uh, it's just really cute and, and funny, and I kind of want to watch it again now. Yeah, I don't remember. This one was one we watched earlier in the year, and Modern Times was last year. I think I liked Modern Times better, but yeah, they're both good. Both good Chaplin movies. All right, so that's my number seven, City Lights. All right, my number six is the other Alfred Hitchcock movie we watched last year. Free, 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 free. Psycho. And, uh, yep, it was, it was kind of weird to watch because I knew the general plot of the movie and like the twist at the, I knew the twist at the end, but, uh, some of the things were really interesting, like how there's a different main character in the three thirds of the movie. Uh, so that was, that was interesting. And, uh, yeah, overall great Hitchcock movie. And, um, yep, very memorable villain. I didn't like at the end where the, uh, the one character explains, uh, very, uh, very obviously, <laughs> um, I'm guessing somebody, maybe somebody told Hitchcock that people weren't going to understand unless he completely spelled it out for them. Uh, and that was a mistake, but, um, other than that, a uh, really good movie. Any thoughts on Psycho? Yeah, it was a good one. All right. Well, that's my number six, Psycho. 
My number six is one that we watched as we were getting ready for our uh, movies pre-1960. And it's the Philadelphia Story hmm. with an all-star cast of Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart. Uh, wow, these three th- these three actors are terrific together. Uh, it's so, so funny. Uh, very witty dialogue. I love all the snappy remarks that they make at each other. And just great acting. Another... Another great movie for Jimmy Stewart and and Cary Grant and and Hepburn too. I mean, they were just amazing. Uh, one of the best uh, rom coms that I've seen. Love this one <coughs> all the way through. And I thought I thought I had a perfect ending too. I was like, oh man, maybe she should end up with Cary. Uh, I mean, yeah, Cary Grant. Uh, no, maybe she should end up with Jimmy Stewart. And it was like, oh, who am I rooting for the most? And and then I really liked how they resolved everything. So, great movie. Yep, really good. Would have been really high on my list, except I'd already seen it. So, not a first-time oh, view for me. Boo. Well, that's my number six, The Philadelphia Story. Probably would have been higher than six for me if I had, uh, if that was the first time watch for me. Well, that just lets you know how great it's going to get. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so, we had uh, back-to-back The Exorcist and Psycho. And then uh, now we're going to get a crossover, City Lights. So another another curveball for you. And I don't think I really have anything to add that we... Uh, I don't remember if we discussed that one on our, our movies before 1960, but I uh, don't really have anything to add to what you said, so we can go ahead and move on. My number five was also City Lights. All right, my number five was really surprising for me. It's Brief Encounter... Starring hmm. Celia Johnson and Trevor Howard. Uh, and I'm surprised that I loved it this much, considering it's about two people considering infidelity. Uh, they're, uh, the woman is married, the man is not, and they're thinking about running off together. And something like that, I would not, I mean, I would not approve of that, of course. Um, but and it's not like she has an abusive husband at home or whatever. Anything to justify her leaving is just, you know, she really connects with this man. Um, And if you had told me that's what the plot is about, I would have been like, oh, no thanks. But the acting is so good and it's so real how uh, you can just strike up this casual uh, friendship and then uh, through no fault of your own, it becomes something more deeper and more meaningful, and then you have to, you're at a crossroads where you're having to choose between what you want and what's right. And uh, it was such a good movie. Brief Encounter. Yeah, that is a good one. Uh, I didn't make it onto my list. Um, and I didn't, I had higher expectations for it. Uh, it's David Lean, that's the Bridge, Bridge Over the River Kwai, and uh, Lawrence of Arabia director. So he's, you know, really known for these really high, high budget, large cast epics. And uh, so I knew it was going to be a smaller movie and like a character study. And I don't know, I had really high expectations and something about it, like it was good. I think I gave it four stars, but didn't quite strike me uh maybe in the way i was expecting i think it would be another one i would like more on on rewatch and and i'm glad you liked it i i think uh that this is a good comparison not in in tone or or content um or anything but uh to some of the movies i mentioned already like firewalk with me and exorcist where i was kind of struggling to put into words why it's a good movie even though it's not about a good topic. Uh, so it's similar to this in that it kind of puts you into that situation and and makes you realize things um, or, or kind of presents you with um, parts of humanity, I guess. And uh, yeah, in a, in a very thought-provoking way. Yeah, it's a very human story. And you definitely feel like that could be me up there. You know, it, it could happen to any of us, so... Really great movie. Highly recommend it. Brief Encounter, my number five. 
Yeah, I think part of it also for me, um, I didn't really like the guy. Um, like I didn't like I liked the so like as opposed to something like when Harry met Sally, I really liked both Meg Ryan and um, uh, Billy Crystal and and their characters. In this one, I liked I forget what the actors' names are, but I liked the the lady and didn't like the guy as much, and so I didn't really see. Uh, like it didn't, they didn't con. He didn't convince me that he's someone that she would have um, fallen in love with in a brief encounter. Do you feel differently about that? Like, do you do you like that actor and and kind of the character he played better? Yeah, I thought it all worked. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'll have to rewatch this one at some point. So we're up to number four for me. Another crossover. When Harry Met Sally, probably the best uh, uh, Philadelphia story. That's uh, that was a good point, and that is a really good romantic comedy. Uh, this one is also up there with with one of the best, I think. And uh, yeah, I think we kind of already discussed it. So that's my number four. Are you surprised it's that high? <coughs> yeah, kind of. I would have expected something like Psycho or even The Exorcist to be higher. You're not. That romantic of a man, I would say. Aww. Well, I mean, I don't peg you as. I mean, you've got your romantic side, but you're not usually stirred by the romantic movies. <laughs> yeah, I guess if it's a good one, maybe if it's a good one, I am. All right. Well, my number four is a movie that came out last year. We got to see it in theater in one of those fancy theaters where you have reclining seats and the waiters bring food to you. And it was Avengers Endgame. And this was such a delightful experience. We were out on a date. We had this wonderful movie theater and it was, uh, it was such a great movie. It was a satisfying conclusion to this huge buildup of, of, movie series that they've been putting out for what 10 years now mm-hmm. and uh they man- I felt they managed to tie together all these different characters where you know you're you're like oh man everybody's going to get like 2 seconds of screenshot time and then they'll have to move on to someone else cuz it's such a large cast but I felt it worked and it had some absolutely satisfying moments that were just terrific fan service uh if you haven't seen it you gotta go watch it uh i mean if you haven't seen any of the uh uh marvel cinematic universe don't watch it it's not really gonna make any sense it's gonna be a dumb movie but for those of us who have been faithfully following along with most of the most of the movies there were some i skipped um it's it's pretty great yeah uh, it was definitely a good ending for the series, I know they're they're still going to make more Marvel movies, but um, but I'm 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 content to be done. At this point, I was uh, whenever Iron Man came out and they started coming out with the others, probably around college, I guess. Uh, I I was definitely into them, watched all of the all of them, and uh, there's just so many superhero movies now, and it's it's been done. I guess it's it's sort of the the western of of our generation where it's been done so many times, um, that, uh, that I'm, I've got my fill, I think. And, uh, but this one was probably, uh, definitely in the upper, upper tier of, of the Marvel, Marvel movies. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good experience, of course, in the fancy theater. And I think I gave it four stars. I'm happy how it ended. There were some parts that were a little bit eye-rolling, but uh, overall, solid movie. Well, it even made me cry at one point. It had it had some emotional moments, some some impact I felt. So, uh, like you said, though, I will say um, I think I'm done with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's been it's been a fun ride, but I felt this was a nice bookend, and I don't need to continue any further. I'm not invested in any of the other characters. I don't need to know what happens next. Uh, the ones that I grew up with, as it were, my buddies, my pals, uh, we've we've seen their story, and I don't need to know what happens next. 
Anyway, that's my number four, Avengers Endgame. So you're not going to watch any more Marvel movies? I mean, if Spider-Man, some friends want to do a girlfriend night. Yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home is the exception. Mm-hmm. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Uh, I thought maybe so. Guardians There's of the Galaxy so- 3. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I feel like Thor those, 4. Mm, I'm fine without watching Thor 4. Uh, I think Guardians 3 and Spider-Man Far From Home uh, are going to be my exceptions to that rule. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, moving on to my number three, I put something, actually put two together in this entry, and I bet it's something you didn't even think about putting on Letterboxd uh, because it's technically, well, it's not a full-length feature film. They're both shorts, but they're not going to go anywhere else. I'm not going to put them on a on a TV list, or we, ne- we would never do like a, a theatrical shorts top ten or anything. So I definitely uh, definitely enjoyed them and decided they they both needed representation on my list. My number three is both the high sign and cops, both Buster Keaton shorts. Oh yeah, my two favorite Buster Keaton shorts. And I've enjoyed watching them both over and over, multiple times, showed them to multiple people. I think they're both, I don't know, 20 minutes each. Yeah. Cops is amazing. So, yeah, both very, very funny. You can, I think you can go see both of them on YouTube. Oh, wait. And... The high sign is the buzzards one. Though. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. that one's great, too. Yeah. Uh, just some of the, I, kn- I know we talked about Buster Keaton already in our uh, 1960s, pre-1960s movies. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really like him. He's one of my favorite uh, comedic actors. I think he was even on my, my top ten actors list last time we did that, when we did that revisited. So, uh, definitely go check out Cops and The High Sign, my collective number three. Well, very good. I won't argue that one. My number three is my, well, I guess we have had crossovers, but... My first time to say I have a crossover, it's Psycho. Four and a half stars. If it were not for that dumb explanation at the end, this would be a five-star movie. Come on. Leave it to us to figure out what's going on. That's the excitement of it. The, The let us turn it over in our minds and and ponder the horror and, and the weirdness of it. Don't don't feed it to us on a spoon. I wish there was a director's cut where it, it had that part cut out or something. Yeah. Um, and who doesn't? I mean, it's pretty obvious what happens at the end. Yeah. So I don't know why it was, yeah. why it was necessary. The very, very end. That's really good. Chilling. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think if you just cut out that one explanation, everything else. Uh, in fact, maybe when we show it to our kids, we'll, uh, we'll skip the explanation <laughs> and, uh, and just skip ahead. That'll be the perfect viewing experience for them, I think. Uh, Blessedly, I had made it to the ripe age of 30 without really having been spoiled on this Mm -hmm. movie. I did not know uh, the twist, and that was was pretty great. Now, I had seen, like, you know, the... I had heard the... (laughs) And, you know, the memes Mm -hmm. and whatnot, um, the riffs on it, but... I didn't know the twist, and and I think that really helped a lot for me. Uh, who knows? Maybe not. Even maybe even knowing it, I mm-hmm. would still have. Yeah, I mean, it given was still it this high of a rating. So, but it was still good. Four yeah. and a half or five stars, even with it knowing the twist. Way so. to go, Hitchcock! Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. My number three, Psycho. Okay, I will correct myself from earlier. I said there were three total movies on my list that I watched on business trips up to Montgomery. There are actually four movies, and my number one and number two were both watched up there. I think, uh, as opposed to the previous two, though, I would recommend both of these to you. I would definitely rewatch them with you. Uh, my number two, you have less a chance of enjoying, and it's hard to sell it to people, but uh, maybe it intrigues you like it intrigues me. Uh, so, uh, if I told you there's a whole movie, I forgot to look up, I, I didn't look up the length, but we'll say an hour and a half or two hour movie. And the entire movie is just two guys sitting in a restaurant talking. 
and uh, yeah, the camera shows one and then the other. And uh, I mean, there's there's five minutes at the beginning where the guy is going towards the restaurant. Five minutes at the end where the guy's riding a bus away from the restaurant. But otherwise, just there in the restaurant, two guys talking, uh, talking about uh, stories. Uh, they're telling stories. Uh, they're catching up. They're talking about philosophy, and they're they're talking about their lives and and uh, the things they believe. And uh, it's really good. It's fascinating. And it's called uh, this movie is called My Dinner with Andre. Uh, it's got Wallace Shawn, who plays Vizzini on uh, The Princess Bride. So I know you like him. And um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, if that sounds completely boring to you, then I guess you can skip it. But if that's at all intriguing, you should definitely go check it out. If it, I mean. It's interesting to me if it's done right, which it according is. to you it is. So yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah, yeah, we could watch this sometime. And it's, uh, I guess it's, it's the example people give when they, oh yeah, a movie has to have great cinematography to be a great movie. And uh, well, I mean, there's there's not really a chance for great cinematography in this movie. It's just two guys sitting and talking. For the whole thing, so uh, this would be, I guess, the counterexample, something that could have been a, a radio play, just about. So, yeah, that's my number two, my dinner with Andre. Okay, yeah, I'll watch it with you sometime. Okay, my number two is one of two five star movies from the year. Mm. So everything else before now has been four and a half. Now we're in five star range, and it is one that we watched for our movies pre nineteen sixty research. It's all about Eve. Oh, yeah. This was an incredible movie. Mm -hmm. uh, terrific plot, terrific acting. Wow. Uh, it's a story about uh, this young girl, and she meets her actress idol, and, and like she just wants to be near her in any way possible, and starts out running errands for her and then slowly rises or actually pretty quickly rises to fame and mm -hmm. gets recognized uh, for her talent and stuff. And uh, it's very, very interesting how the movie plays out and uh, your perspectives on different characters uh, are guided. And it's, uh, yeah, it's it's great. Yep, there was another one that was rewatched for me. I, I think we, um, it was on Turner Classic Movies in high school and just kind of, uh, accidentally started watching it and, uh, really liked it then. Really liked it again last year. I think it made my, my list as well. Um, but yeah, I guess, uh, I guess I can see your perspective now of, of saying this year was really solid. If I had added, uh, All About Eve and, and the Philadelphia story to my list. I think I would agree with it being a, a really solid year. So maybe uh, it was better rewatches for me than, than new movies. There we go. All right, so that's my number two, All About Eve. All right, and my number one uh, is, again, a movie that we talked about on, on movies pre-1960. And I think this one was a three-way crossover, and Melissa's the only one that hadn't seen it. But uh, I, I'm sure she will see it at some point, and I, I think she'll really like it. It's called Seven Samurai. And it's the original movie that The Magnificent Seven was based on. And uh, I I, we started watching it a few years ago, and it, uh, I don't think we were quite prepared for a black and white foreign language film, uh, three hours or, or whatever the length is. And so we, we switched to something easier that night. But uh, we'll, we'll have to do it. We'll sit down, and uh, you, can, you can compare it, because you're the only one that's seen or between the two of us. <coughs> You're the only one that's seen both Magnificent Seven movies. And so you can watch this and then give a true ranking of the three movies. Well, I'm pretty sure that the most recent Magnificent Seven uh, is going to be worse than Seven Samurai. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you. I'm pretty sure there's no fear of Seven Samurai being worse because that was just an awful, awful movie. Yeah, that was me being a little humorous. Well, yeah, you'll you'll have to watch it. I I think you like. It. There's some some differences from Magnificent Seven, and uh, yeah, I I like the characters a lot. Uh, 
But it won't have Yul Brynner in it. I like the guy who plays the Yul Brynner character better in, in Magnificent Seven. Like I started Blasphemy. I went and started looking up stuff. Hush your mouth. St- other movies that he was in to see if I could uh, if I could watch any others because I, I really liked him a lot. So we'll see. Uh, maybe I don't, I don't know if we'll do it this year or, or next. Without my um, darling in it to sell it. I mean, would you like Magnificent Seven without Yul Brynner? Probably. Hmm. Okay. Maybe. Well, well, I guess we'll see. I mean, he's the linchpin, though, of the whole movie. I mean, if there was another actor that played him. Another actor. If they got John Wayne or someone. Well, yeah. If it was John Wayne, it'd sure it'd still be fine because John Wayne's amazing too. Okay. Okay. You just just gotta have someone with a bold and magnetic. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Someone who's good at being the center of attention. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Okay. But I, th- I think you'll like it. It was my favorite movie. That was a first time watch from 2019. The, the not the Magnificent Seven, Seven Samurai. All right, my number one was a movie that I saw first in theaters, and then later uh, got you to watch later in the year. Okay. I started out as four and a half stars, and uh, then I've been re-watching it recently with the girls, just over these last few days as we've been sick, and it bumped it up to five stars, because just on on re-watches, I still enjoy it just as much, and that's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, uh, the yeah. funny parts still crack me up, the sad parts still... Uh, jerk at my heartstrings. Uh, it's it's a meaty movie, uh, but it's also it's really fun too. I think it's w- one of if it's one of the best superhero movies that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really good. I like how it's done, kind of in comic book form, almost. And there, I mean, there's a lot of nods to that, and you can see it how. Uh, there'll be some, one of the scenes I was, I was struck by was where the original Spider-Man, Peter Parker, is, uh, he's been struck down and he's lying, uh, in this dusty old, uh, subway station and everything else is dark, but there's like light shining down from a crack in the ceiling or something on him. And, and it's a very, very artistic way to show it that is something that you would see in the comic books to to draw attention to and everything around him is gray but he's this one bright spot of red and blue from his costume so there's a lot like visually it's very stu- very striking um and then uh i think they it did a better job than avengers did because avengers uh in all of their movies Every time that they had the good guys team up together, but especially in the first movie, you know, they had been building up to where you had first they came out with Captain America, his backstory, uh, Thor, his backstory. You have Iron Man and his backstory. And now we're, we're throwing them all together and there's going to be a team up of superheroes. And oh, that's cool. Well, with Into the Spider-Verse, they have, a team up of six superheroes and they're all spider people. They all have the same ability and yet they all are so unique, so distinct. And even though they're all introduced in just this movie, uh, you don't feel like you need a backstory. You feel like you already know them. You're already familiar with them. Uh, and I felt it did something that Avengers could not do, which was make you care about these characters you just met. Um, One of the other things that I really liked about this movie is it acknowledges everything that's come before it, the good and the bad. Uh, it, it, it accepts it and embraces it. It's not a, a shame to include the, the, the previous Spider-Mans and, and their kind of successes and failures and kind of say, yeah, you know, that's all part of the history, too, and that's okay, but we're moving on. Uh, I think the last thing I really liked is there's not this big origin story about here's how the spider got radioactive or whatever. And, I mean, it is an origin story about Miles Morales becoming Spider-Man, 
but it did not feel cliched. So as you can tell, I really, really love this movie. Uh, I would not mind owning this movie. Hint, hint. <laughs> um, I mean, I had... This is the most I've talked about any of the movies on this list. So, I really love this one. Wow. Yeah, I liked it too. I didn't know you, you liked it this much. Um, but yep, uh, one of the best superhero movies. I'd agree with that. And the best Spider-Man movie, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. And uh, yeah, I, I, probably probably a runner-up for me. I'll give it a runner-up honorable mention. I am very sad that it did not even make your top. We'll say it was number 11. Uh, I'm sad that <clears throat> Airplane beat Spider-Man. Yeah. Boo. Well, it, they're all right there. Airplane, Princess Mononoke, oh. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and I'll throw Lady Bird in there as well as a as an honorable mention. Yeah. you have any other honorable mentions? And then we can just run through, uh, maybe run through real quick. Uh, or we can we can just jump to the end one, whichever you prefer. Yeah. So some uh, some others that I really liked, uh, Creed two, that uh-huh. was a good movie. Was good. Uh, Not as good as the first one. Stuber with Kumail nah. Nanjiani. Nah, two and a half. Oh, uh, it was pretty stars. funny. Uh, it's definitely inappropriate. It's uh, it's rated R, so just bear that in mind if you're gonna watch it. Uh, but I liked it. Incredibles two. Drunken Master with Jackie Chan. Yeah, that one's good. Terminator 2. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of that series. The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Which is, it's a very odd name. Kind of dumb sounding, but I liked it. It's a pretty good romance. Um, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. The Major and yeah. the Minor. Didn't that see it. was a good rom-com. Castle in the Sky. Yep, that was good. And then a rewatch for me, The Ten Commandments. Those were all oh, my yeah. four-star movies. I've heard about that one. So, very good, very good year for me. Yeah, I'm just looking through. I'd also say that Arsenic and Old Lace was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was a little too cheesy. It was pretty cheesy, but it was good. Mm, yeah, Ten Commandments... Um, uh, what we do in the shadows? That's still a fun movie. That was a rewatch for a few dollars more. Kind of forgettable, I yeah, thought. Unfortunately, not as good as the others. Major League, the uh, baseball, <laughs> the baseball movie. I mean, Did it, I see that one? no, that was not the one I watched in Montgomery. Yeah. Only three and a half stars, but definitely my favorite three and a half star movie I saw last year. It was it was a lot of fun. Mm, Little Shop of Horrors. It was yeah, pretty good. Had John Candy and Steve Martin. Yep, yep. And Bill Murray. And Bill Murray, yeah. Yep. That's where it got its three star rating for me. <laughs> <laughs> One for each of them because they were so great. It's pretty good. An otherwise dumb movie. Uh, Noah, the uh, uh, Russell Crowe movie, was pretty good. Legally Blonde for me was surprisingly good hmm. i that I was a three that and a half star movie mm-hmm. uh, i i went into it kind of like well i've heard of this and I'm, I'm expecting two stars i was it was one of the times you were in montgomery i was just mm-hmm. looking to kill time it was actually a pretty good movie hmm. okay mm, and well actually i might take it away from major league and say uhf was my favorite three and a half star movie it's the weird owl movie which came out the same year as Major League. It was just a year for uh, screwball three-and-a-half-star comedies. But uh, that one was a lot of fun. And uh, the only other one, uh, well, I'll mention The Fountain, was a uh, uh, solid four-star movie. Pretty weird. Not not a big um, not a big Darren Aronofsky movie. He's the guy that did Noah. So we saw Noah and then The Fountain. And... Uh, I th- to me, he feels like he's trying to be really deep and kind of comes off as pretentious as opposed to someone like, um, well, like David Lynch that did uh, Twin Peaks and some other movies I've seen. He feels like his, his uh, deep artistic films are... I don't know. It feels more natural somehow. 
doesn't feel like he's trying. Darren Aronofsky kind of seems like a tryhard. Uh, so that might just be me. But uh, And then uh, Rat Race was fun. Stranger Than Fiction was pretty good. I think that was about all the, the ones that I felt were worth mentioning. Yeah, I had two more that I wanted to mention. Uh, so I watched How to Train Your Dragon 3. And again, it was just like, oh, I've got some time to kill. I guess I'll watch this. And I haven't really been into the How to Train Your Dragon series. I've seen the first one. I, th- I think I've seen all three now. Um, and they're fine. I, you know, they're kind of, they're fine. They're not good or bad. Uh, but I thought this was actually a pretty good ending to the series. Uh, and it even had some some emotional moments. And so if you like this series, you definitely should check out the third uh, third movie. Really good. And then, last but not least, I finally saw Elf all the way through this year. <laughs> Watched yeah. it with a super fan, and it was actually pretty good. I, uh, I had at one time started watching it with Brian, and I just thought, man, this is such a stupid movie. I can't waste my time on it. But uh, older, more fuddy-duddy me has learned to relax a little bit and realize not everything has to be great art. And so I went into it just wanting a good time and Will Ferrell delivered. It was mm. uh, it was definitely just a silly movie. Very fun. I can see why everybody likes watching it at Christmas. Nice. All right. Well, I think, uh, I think maybe we can head towards the wrap-up then. So we got some feedback from Joshua. So let's go ahead and and reply to that. So a uh, pretty long email. I'll just do a, do a summary for you listeners. Uh, so he liked our New Year's resolutions. He reminded us that he had a New Year's resolution from 2019 where he was going to write a page every day because he, he wants to get into writing. And then uh, he changed that to write something every day, which I think is good. Have, have a good uh, uh, attainable goal. The page sounds like a lot. Uh, but, uh, uh, and he said it was, he said it was good. Uh, he didn't, he didn't, uh, keep it every day, but, uh, it reminded him, uh, that it was something that he wanted to do and he was able to, um, to keep writing throughout the year and is hoping to do it some more in 2020. Well, good job, Joshua. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely have been meaning to keep up with my writing and not quite succeeding. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he mentioned enchantment, which I guess did you mention that on a yeah. on our books list? I last guess year. or this year, yeah, 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 yeah. As a book he read last year, so he also read enchantment and had mixed feelings. Um, he thought the magic was unsettling. Didn't care for the romantic relationship. Didn't think it was it was very believable, but uh, he did say it was very unique and well written and. Um, liked the the way that it handles time travel and said he's looking forward to more podcast goodness thanks for writing in joshua and and being such a a faithful listener always appreciate hearing from you and would love to hear from any other listeners so if you're out there uh, go ahead and shoot us an email tell us what episodes you've been enjoying tell us what movies you watched last year maybe give us some recommendations for this year uh, tto at cozer.us is our, our email address. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, uh, it's February 20th, 2020, 02202020 as we're recording this. And we still do not have comments set up on our new redesigned website. Um, I've looked at a few different options and, uh, basically I, I, I cut the last one out from our website. When I switched to the redesign, uh, I'm not a big fan of the company uh, Discus that we or Discuss that we were doing it through, um, and the way that they handle users' uh, private data. So I'm going to go with something either uh, that I kind of set up myself, or I'll pay a little bit a month uh, to to get a better better company's product. So uh, either way, I'm hoping uh, maybe in the next few months. We've been pretty busy the last couple of months. I'm gonna, I might take March off. Maybe in April I can I can get around to setting that up. We can have comments back on our website. So maybe in a few months, if you're listening to this late, you can go to 
our website and leave comments, you can certainly go and see our show notes, which is at tto.cozer.us slash 119, because you can always go see the page of the episode. You can see our lists. You can see lin- links to our Letterboxd. We both log the movies that we watch on Letterboxd. Uh, so go uh, make a Letterboxd account if you watch movies and uh, friend us and we can we can uh, see what each other's watching and uh, make fun of each other for watching movies we don't like. Uh, at least that's what I do for people on, on Letterboxd or Goodreads. Not I, really. But <laughs> I had one piece of feedback. Uh, your sister Megan uh, sent me a text and said that she listened to the 372 Adventure episode and she really enjoyed it following along, uh, doing the, I don't know if she actually did the, the, um, adventure herself. Mm -mm, I don't think so. Yeah. But listen to the episode. Yeah. And she thought it was really funny and felt like she didn't need to read any of the books in order to appreciate, uh, the worlds that you had built based on the books. Uh, she felt that you captured the styles pretty well. Uh, they were all very distinct. So good job, Ryan. Yeah, that was definitely gratifying to hear. Thanks, Megan. And uh, it was good to hear from uh, some of the people over on the 372 pages, um, different uh, different places where people people congregate, and uh, people that really got into the game and and figured out how to how to score the most points and get the secret endings and. Uh, and got some of the visual jokes that you didn't hear over over the air and so yeah that, that was that was gratifying so thanks everybody all right well our next episode we're going to continue on with our beginning of the year uh, summaries and uh, the next one's going to be our top 10 board games should be pretty short we're not going to go into a lot of detail we won't have a guest speaker we're not going to have any guests um but uh, i think it'll be good to see uh, just just catch up a little bit we didn't play as many games last year I don't know there's going to be a lot of movement, but I think it'll be interesting even if we just do 15-20 minute episodes and talk about anything that's new on our list. I think that'll be that'll be fun. So come back to that in a week or two. Until then, I'm Brian Kozer. And I'm Melissa Kozer. And you've been listening to 10 to 1. Alright, let's talk about our least favorite movies. Most disappointing. And most disappointing. Uh, do you want to start with, uh, why don't you start with most disappointing? Yeah. So my most disappointing was the live action Aladdin. Now, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as the uh, the animated. Because there's no way it could be. But, I, you know, I, I thought maybe they'd do a decent job based on what I saw in the trailer. Uh, I thought Will Smith did an excellent job uh, filling in, uh, uh, man, I'm blanking on the original genie's name. Uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams, yeah, thank you. Uh, I thought he did a good job of doing his own thing and not trying to copy Robin Williams. So I have no qualms, no problems with that aspect. But there, spoilers, there was no giant snake fight. I mean that's that's a huge blow against the movie. You have they had CGI stuff. They had a CGI huge parrot, huge Iago. Why if they went to all that trouble, why didn't they do the giant snake? A huge snake is way better than a huge parrot. That was just dumb. And then second of all, Jafar, who is like the trifecta of the three main characters, uh you've got the genie, Aladdin and Jafar. And so he's a very crucial element to the movie. He was, they got the wrong guy for that part. I mean, he was not, not scary, not villainous at all. Just weak and pathetic. And you're like, come on, somebody kick that guy's butt and get him out of the way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so disappointing. They needed a different Jafar and it needed a giant snake fight. It, it could have been a, a pretty good movie. All right, I did not see that one. So uh, for me, I don't know what would be my most disappointing. I think, yeah, I think it would be that one. So uh, I saw another David Lynch movie last year called Eraserhead, which is another super weird movie. I gave it three stars. Um, I don't know. It didn't 
strike me as well as as some of his other movies uh like uh Mulholland Drive or the Twin Peaks stuff that he did I uh, I mean I f- I I got it I think there's always stuff that you don't get with Dave Lynch but I got that it was kind of about fatherhood and you know worrying that you're not really ready to be a father and I don't know. It's the kind of movie that I should like. It's David Lynch. It's weird, and there's some funny parts, and again, it's about fatherhood, and it's Jack Nance. Uh, but it didn't really work for me. It's something I would rewatch. I'm actually not going to say that that's my least favorite, um, and I don't think it's Terminator 2, which only gave three stars. Uh, I don't know. That one, that one just did not. I didn't really think that one was that great. But I think my least. I'll, I'll say my most disappointing was the most dangerous game. Uh, which was a 1932 action movie where there's a guy. Uh, is he on an island? Yeah. Yeah, he's on an island and he has a castle and uh, he's sort of the uh, like the Craven the Hunter from Spider-Man, where he he's a great hunter and he wants to hunt man. The most dangerous game game is in something that you hunt, not as in like a game that you play. And uh, I don't know, it was kind of boring. Uh, and, you know, I like old movies. We talked about a lot of old movies that we liked on our pre-1960s movies. So uh, my favorite movies from the 40s. Got a lot of, of old movies that I like, but this one, disappointing. All right, so the worst movie I saw last year was the first time that I've left a movie theater angry. Uh, and this is, I can't, well, there have been a few other movies that have made me angry, but I hadn't seen them in theaters. But this was Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And I gave it half a star because it had Carrie Fisher in it and half a star because it had Harrison Ford. And I've been considering removing even that high of a rating because this was just a hard punch to the face of anyone who uh, who likes Star Wars. It was a middle finger to George Lucas. This was such a bad movie. Uh, they did not even try. They did not care. Uh, it was utter garbage. It was slapped together. They, it really felt as if uh, they had no idea what to do for this third installment. So somebody went online and looked at a bunch of fan theories and like favorite fan memes and stuff and quotes and said, okay, throw all that into this movie and, and now craft, try to craft a plot around it. I, I hated this movie. It wasn't even funny. Like, some people, it was so bad that they just thought it was funny. No, it was not even remotely funny at all. Yeah, until the last week of the year would have been maybe The Scarlet Pimpernel with Leslie Howard. Sorry. Aww. Sorry, family. was not a fan of that one. I yeah. am I am not a Leslie Howard fan. And I, I thought... It's a great story, Scarlet Pimpernel, great story, but that was a really boring take on it, I thought. Also, the front page is the worst Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon movie I've seen. That one was also pretty boring. But it's Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. Yeah, so I wouldn't put that one at the bottom. Idiocracy uh, was pretty bad as well, Um, but yeah, definitely Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. And yes, your rating is too high, it's a half star, so one out of ten, or half star. Out of five stars. I tried to be positive in the theater because we were watching it with my family. And I thought some of them might like it. I think some of them did. Um, and that's fine. Um, you know, people have people have different opinions. But yeah, this is definitely the worst Star Wars movie. The worst of the nine episode movies. I haven't seen all of the, the extra ones. But I'm guessing this is worse than all of those. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. And yeah, it was... It was just weird how it came in waves. Like it was, it started off not good. And then uh, there's just so many things that come up. And just like every choice that they made was bad. And uh, they didn't fix any problems from the previous ones. Uh, you know, from for episodes three, episode three, episode seven, and episode eight. Saw all of those in theaters and came out of the theater happy with the experience and it was only later that i thought you know okay there there are some problems and uh i haven't gone back and watched episode seven or eight 
um, after I saw it in the theater, but uh, I'm sure I wouldn't enjoy it as much as I did in the theater. Uh, but this one, and I and I, that was my hope for this one, was that I would enjoy it in the theater, but it would, even though it ended up being kind of an, um, you know, just a action movie, kind of an empty action movie. That was my hope. Didn't even get that. Uh, there's just so many things that I couldn't believe were happening, and <laughs> I wish I could have. I wish I could have just started laughing at it part way through. Um, but yeah, I just kind of watched it uh, in shock, and uh, we had our our what was she at the time? Two months was Penny two months old. Had her two month old in the theater first. Okay, four months. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking October, but that's Amber. Four months old. She was perfect. Uh, the people behind us afterwards were saying, oh, the perfect baby, because she didn't didn't make hardly any sound. I was kind of hoping she would start start making noise because I was going to volunteer to take her out. I was, I was going to be fine with missing the end of the movie. I think I would have been fine, too. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, A waste of money. Well, yeah. I'm glad that I completed... No. And saw the last four in the theater. It was kind of a thing that we did. I didn't even want to go to the theater. I only I went know. because everybody else was going. Yeah. And I wanted to hang out. But it wasn't even fun hanging out uh, with a family. It was. it was. I mean, the popcorn was good. Um, Penny was good. Uh, let's see. Uh, the trailer for Christopher Nolan's new movie. That was pretty good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford, I, I did like. That was a nice surprise that Harrison Ford was in it. Um, and there was, I think there's one other part that I I kind of enjoyed, but yeah. Uh, yep. We'll have to do our, our top ten worst movies at some point and, and see how this ranks against well, the other stuff we've seen. It's going to be cathartic going through that list. 